from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. When you think back on your life, there's a lot of pain, right? You you could tell me some stories. We all have stories because life is painful. If, for me, I think of uh, my, my dad who was abusive to me and my mom. I think of when he left and never came home, of friends who have betrayed me, of friends who have committed suicide um, se- several in the last couple of years, my father-in-law dying of cancer two years ago. Life hurts. What? What do you do when life hurts? What do you do when life really hurts? Well, there are options, right? One option is that you take the pain and push it down. You go subterranean with it. And pushing it down, just kind of ignoring it, pretending it's not there, might make you feel better for a while, but not very long. Because it's just getting stored down in your gut. And then it starts to burn in your gut. Like every time you're reminded of the problem or every time you see the person you have a problem with, and that burning can turn to bitterness. We can become bitter towards the person who hurt us or, or just to life in general or even to God. And that is dangerous. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The the pain pushed down can become bitterness and it can cause us to miss out on the grace of God. Or uh, pushing it down, that burning and maybe that bitterness can lead us to run. We only have a a certain tolerance for pain, for bitterness. And and once we go past that tolerance level, then we run. And running can take all kinds of forms. Uh, Some of us run away in our heart. We just, we don't care anymore. You you feel like if if I didn't care, I wouldn't have gotten hurt, so I just won't care. And so we run away in our heart. Others run away more literally. Maybe run from the first sign that a person might hurt you. From the first thing someone says that you don't like, it's like, I'm out. Others run away in a different way. They run to alcohol or drugs or porn or fantasy books or Netflix, anything that will allow them to feel like they're escaping their reality for a little while. So some take the pain and push it down and it can lead to bitterness, negative attitude, uh, complaining, victim mentality. It can can cause you to run. We don't want to do that, right? We don't want to push the pain down. We can try to ignore it, but it's not helping. We don't want to be bitter about life or run from our problems. And so there's a better option. The better option is to take the pain and confront it head on. (laughs) That leads to anxiety, right? I'm just going to deal with what happened. I'm going to deal with my pain. (laughs) Confronting the pain of what happened head on leads to anxiety. And anxiety makes you want to run. But here's the best part of this better option. Instead of running away from our problems, we're going to run with our problems to Jesus. 
uh, I realize that you may be here watching this virtual church service, but you may not believe in Jesus. Um, you know, we, we get tons of people uh, at Verve, watching Verve, who are like, I'm just I'm investigating. Awesome. Um, or uh, you might be here, you, maybe you believe, but you don't feel like you really know Jesus, like you're close to him. That's okay. That's why our church exists. We exist for people who don't like church, maybe don't have faith, maybe have, uh, haven't had faith in a while. This is a safe place where you can explore and you can grow. And when you find faith and you grow in your faith and you get to know Jesus, when you hurt, you run with your problems to Jesus. So like you pray, you talk to him about what's happened how you're feeling about it. Uh, you're just really honest about it. You're raw about it. There are great examples in the Bible of people doing this. Um, one, Psalm 94, verses 17 through 19. It says, If you had not helped me, Lord, I would soon have gone to the land of silence. When I felt my feet slipping, you came with your love and kept me steady. And when I was burdened with worries, you comforted me and made me feel secure. This person says, I was about to go to the land of silence. I'm not sure if I know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. He says, I was slipping, but you came with your love. You kept me steady. You comforted me. You made me feel secure. Man, that's what we need, right? And so you pray, you talk to them about what's happened, how you're feeling. There, there's all kinds of great examples in the Bible of people doing this. And there's all kinds of great promises from God in the Bible about what he does when we do this. Um, check out Psalm 147, verse 3. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 34, uh, when his people pray for help, he listens and rescues them from their troubles. The Lord is there to rescue all who are discouraged and have given up hope. The Lord's people may suffer a lot, but he will always bring them safely through. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And then, here's God's promise, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He listens. He'll heal your brokenness. He rescues you. He gives you peace. Peace in the middle of your pain. Peace that passes understanding. He gives you hope. <laughs> it seems kind of perfect. It's like, yes, life hurts. Yes, there's pain. But we have a God who loves us, who invites us to come to him, and who can help us. It seems perfect, but there's a problem. Here's the problem. When things happen, when we're in pain, often we don't want to pray. This, this happens with me. It's like, I know now is when I need to pray, but now is when I don't feel like praying. I realize it's exactly what I need to do, but like I'm in pain and it's just not what I want to do. Why is that? I think maybe it's because we see God Jesus as kind of the enemy who is sending all this crap in our lives. It's like, why are you doing this to me? And I don't want to talk to you about it if you're the one who's doing it to me. 
I, I have a friend who's been through a lot this last couple of months and really a couple of years. And he said to me, he said, maybe God hates me. I get it. The problem is we think God is the one doing this to me. But there's something we don't consider. It's the twist I promised. You ready? So here's the truth. God is not the one throwing all the crap at you. He's the one who went through all the crap for you. God is not the one throwing all the crap at you. He's the one who went through all the crap for you. We, we don't seem to realize that Jesus went through all the same crap we do. Like, have you ever thought about the fact that the Bible describes Jesus as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief? It's not the way most of us would describe him, but that is what the Bible says. And all the crap we go through, he went through. God is the God of the hurting. Not only because he's available to us when we hurt, and, and he can help us when we hurt, but even more because he hurt with us. He hurt with us. He, he came to earth in the person of Jesus, and God lived a human life, and everything we go through, he went through. It is the most powerful realization. I'll share with you just a few examples. Um, so, so for me, it took me a while, but I finally realized that my parents didn't plan for me, that I wasn't expected, that there was not joy when they found out that I was coming. Maybe that's you too. And it was Jesus. Jesus was not planned for. Uh, you may not know about me. When I was born, my dad was wanted, like by the police, maybe the FBI. And so I was born with my family on the run, literally. My parents moved from New Jersey to Florida so I could be born without my dad being found out. Well, when Jesus was born, there was a powerful man who wanted to have him killed. And so his family had to flee just after his birth to Egypt to escape. Growing up, did you ever feel like you didn't fit in? Were you, were you ever bullied? And think about this. Jesus could have come to earth any way he wanted. He was God coming to earth. He could have shown up as a conquering king. But Jesus was born to a couple of poor, unmarried teenagers. And he grew up not only poor, but also because he lived in a very small, very religious town, he was known as that bastard boy because his parents weren't married when he was born. Do you ever have uh, someone you lo love die? Maybe die way too soon. Well, we're basically sure that Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, died when Jesus was still very young. And you can imagine the pain of it. Jesus, still a kid, having to become the man of the house. And then Jesus grows up. In Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus head out by himself into the wilderness. Have you ever felt like you're in the wilderness? Like you are all alone. And it just doesn't feel safe. Jesus has to. He knows that place. What happens to Jesus when he's alone in the wilderness? He is tempted. He is tempted to sin, to, to go against God's plan for his life. He is tempted in his most vulnerable places. Have you experienced that? Being tempted repeatedly in the places you're most likely to fall. And Jesus knows exactly how that feels. 
or in John 4 when uh, the disciples and Jesus go into Samaria and Jesus has been helping people endlessly and he sits down and he sends the disciples into town to get something to eat. Man, I, get, I can kind of picture them walking away saying, this guy can feed 5,000 people, but he can't make his own sandwich. Have you ever, um, you've just been tired. You just need to rest. Or how about the time uh, we read about in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, where a wealthy man tells Jesus he wants to follow him. And Jesus says, are you sure? Because I've got nowhere to sleep. And it, have you ever felt the pressure of being broke? of not having enough money to take care of your basic needs. Yeah, Jesus walked in some of that too. Or, or how about when Jesus had a good friend die and he shows up late and people who have been grieving start grieving again. It's like they had started to become a little numb, but now it's raw. And I bet you've been there, right? You've grieved, you've been numb, you've grieved more. Jesus has been there too. And what happens next is that one of the dead guy's sisters says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever been blamed for something that wasn't your fault? Remember what that felt like. Jesus has felt that. How about this? Ever have uh, anyone watching have a, a dysfunctional family? You can, you can put in the chat room if you want. Yes, dysfunctional family for me. Maybe, uh, maybe you've had a family member who just doesn't get it or doesn't get you. So, so there's, um, there's this time when Jesus has been teaching and he's been doing miracles and then Mary and Jesus' brothers show up and they're like, we think Jesus has lost his mind and we got to take him. Man, Jesus must have been like, are you kidding me? Mary? Mom? I mean, an angel showed up. Shepherds showed up. Wise men brought gifts. Seriously, are you kidding me? You don't get it. I mean, sure, they all don't get it. But you, you who got pregnant by a ghost, you're going to discredit what I'm doing? Are you kidding me, Mom? And Jesus has been through family junk just like we have. Or uh, there's a time when Jesus uh, says to his bumbling disciples, guys, are you ever going to get this? And then uh, Matthew 23, 37, where we see Jesus say, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Do you know the weight of wanting more for someone than they want for themselves? Maybe... You have a family member with an addiction or a friend who's in an abusive relationship, a son or daughter making bad decisions, moving in the wrong direction. And so, so you meet with this person and you reason with this person and you beg them, but they're just not willing. It's so frustrating. It's like, why can't you get this? And Jesus knows that frustration. Or what about towards the end of his life when Jesus heads into town and there's this epic celebration. People are cheering Jesus. They're grabbing palm leaves and branches and laying them down before him. And there's just this total red carpet treatment. Yes, 
And then those same people on Friday are screaming for Jesus to be crucified. He goes from hero to hated in just a couple of days. Have you ever had people turn on you? Maybe you've been canceled. And uh, there's what happens the, the night before on Thursday is that Jesus takes his three best friends to a garden. Jesus knows that the next day he'll be crucified. He is going to take on the sins of the world. And he turns to his friends and he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And so Jesus goes off and he is distraught. And then he goes back to his friends who he's asked to pray and they're sleeping. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so overwhelmed that it's like tears aren't enough? And you, you just, you want to hit something, but there's nothing to hit. And so maybe you seek out some friends to help you, but they don't answer when you call. And next time that happens, just remember, Jesus has been there too. Or what about what happens next? An army shows up to arrest Jesus and lead him to his death. The army is led by Judas, one of Jesus' best friends. Have you ever been betrayed? I have a couple of times. I'm just not sure if anything hurts worse. And Jesus knows that hurt. I could keep going, but I won't. Instead, I'll answer uh, the question, why does all this matter? It matters because when we're in pain, when we're hurting, the best option is not to run from the problem, but to run with the problem to Jesus. But we won't do that if we think God's the one causing the problems. We need to understand that's not the way it works. Life is hard. It's painful. It's that way for everyone. God never promised to protect anyone from pain, but he did promise to be with you in it. He is God for the hurting. And even more, he went through it for you. God is not the one throwing all the crap at you. He's the one who went through all the crap for you. And that matters. It matters because of what we read in the Bible in Hebrews chapters 2 and 4. It says, Therefore, it was necessary for him, Jesus, to be made in every respect like us, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us. And then in Hebrews 4 says, this high priest, Jesus of ours, understands our weakness, for he faced all of the testings, the same testings we do. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Maybe we need to change the way we see Jesus. So then, when, when something happens and we get hurt, we'll realize that Jesus is saying, I know, I get it, I felt that. I've been there too, and I can help. And we need to understand that because if we don't, we, we will run away from him rather than run 
to him. And if we don't, we'll run to something else, which might give us some release in that moment, but ultimately it's going to destroy us. We, we all need release in life. We, we, we all need a, like a, 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 a place of refuge. And that release, that place of refuge will either be Jesus or it will be something else. And if it's something else, we're in big trouble. Jesus is not something to avoid. He is an empathetic source of strength. He's been there and he's done that. And so we can approach him with confidence because he understands and he will give us mercy and grace in our time of need because he is God for the hurting. That's true if you believe in Jesus. And that's true if you don't believe in Jesus because he is God for the rest of us. Did you hear about uh, MIA? MIA, if you don't know, she's a rapper. She's from Britain. Uh, she's had a Billboard number one song. She's been nominated for an Academy Award, a Grammy Award. She was named one of the defining artists of the 2000s by Rolling Stone magazine, one of the 100 most influential people of 2009 by Time magazine. Uh, MIA's parents are from Sri Lanka. She has a Hindu background, but her dad's an atheist. In 2016, MIA went through something um, in her life that was extremely painful. She won't give details. All she says is, someone did something to me. I've been there. I've been in a place where someone did something to me, and I'm like, that's all I can say about that. Um, she says she was in the middle of nowhere. I have felt like that, too. I bet you have. She, she was desperate, and she cried out to, to no one, just cried out for help, and she saw a vision of Jesus. She says, I wasn't asleep. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a hallucination. She says she has a hard time describing it. In fact, she knew that almost everyone in her life, her family, most of her fans, would all disapprove of this Jesus sighting. And so she didn't talk about it for years. But now, finally, she is. She explains, my first reaction was to laugh. I couldn't believe that's what was happening. I just couldn't believe it was real. I didn't believe Jesus was real. But she says within a split second, she went from disbelief to belief. She says, and, and right now, I think the only clear thing I can say is that even when I had no belief in Jesus Christ and Christianity, and even when I was 100% comfortable in Hinduism, it was a Christian God that turned up to save me. I literally got saved in a very physical sense. And I think that's what it is. When you need saving, the person who turns up, no matter who you are and no matter what religion or no matter what status or what you are, if you are in need and you need saving, the person who turns out to save you is Jesus. That is what he's known for. In my time of need, the God that turned up to save me was not Shiva. It was Jesus. That is the truth. And I have to say that. When you're hurting, if you cry out for help, Jesus shows up because he's been there. He's gone through all the crap you've gone through. And so go 
to him. He listens. He'll heal your brokenness. He rescues you. He gives you peace, peace in the middle of your pain that passes understanding. He gives you hope. He'll be with you in your pain. He is God for the hurting. Let's cry out to him together. Father God, I I don't know who's watching this right now. I don't know who will watch this um, in the days, weeks, maybe even years to come. But all of us uh, are hurting in some way. And if right now we're in a good spot, man, something's coming. God, would you help us to know right now and would you help us to remember that you are not the God who throws crap into our lives. You are the God who came down and lived a human life and went through all the crap for us. That whatever we're going through, you've been there, you understand. And so we can come to you boldly, to your your throne of grace, the Bible says, to receive mercy and help in our time of need. God, thanks for being for us. Thanks for being there for us when we're hurting. We pray all this in the name of the one who came for us and lived all the hurt we go through. In Jesus' name, amen.